Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Better. Because um, normal, I, I, first of all, I don't like normal. Anybody just not do something like everybody else is doing it, I'm just not going to be a part of it. You just like, you, you got to be different. There we go. The only one that raised his hand, like, it was me. Nobody else is doing it. I'll raise my hand. Well, better. We're really looking at how can we make things better? What is it that we can do? And, and specifically, we've talked about relationships. We've talked about finances. And today, we're going to talk about marriage. So let me just kind of get, get an idea of, of who's in the room. Raise your hand if you are married. All right. Okay, hands down. Raise your hand if you're not married. Okay, there's a few of you. Okay, raise your hand if you're not married, but you'd like to be someday. Maybe right now or later, like sometime. Okay, okay. Raise your hand if you are married, but you wish you weren't. <laughs> Anybody go in there? No, good. That's a really good sign. Really good sign. I saw one person just reach over and like, don't you put your hand up. That was, that was interesting. Okay, so we're talking about marriage. And wherever you are, wherever you are, whatever you find your relationship, this is what I know is it can get better. I could also say it could get worse, but I think we all know that, and it can get better. Whether it's something that you've been, whether you've been married for six months or 60 years, it can get better. And let me just encourage you with that. It can. And, and I do not claim to have all of the answers. Uh, I, I don't have all the answers. I definitely don't. Well, unless I'm holding the Bible. And then I would actually say, well, actually, I'm holding the answers, and I really do believe with all of my heart, and the Bible says that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and including our marriages, that God speaks to that. that Jesus did, did not come just so that we could die and go to heaven. He said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And I'll, I'll change that, and it means the exact same thing, and it applies here too. He came to give us marriage and marriage to the fullest. And, but that's when we do it God's way. And God's word is so powerful even that there's one scripture that if you just did what this one scripture said, you'd have no marriage problems at all. One scripture. You want to see it? Here it comes. 1 Corinthians 7, 1. He says, about the question you asked, it's advisable to not get married. So let me just say that right there. So he's like, this isn't funny. Actually, it is. Because here's the thing. If you get married, you're going to have some trouble. Some of you are like, I know. Like it, it, it's just the way it is. And in fact, in a little bit further down in the verse, that's basically what he says. Is if you don't want any trouble, don't get married. Because he says later, he says, those who marry, they're going to have trouble. It's, it's going to happen. If you have two people trying to live together, trying to be two people becoming one, it's, 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 there's friction. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So one person sharpens another. There's sparks go flying. You ever do that? Iron sharpening iron? It, it's, it's messy. It's not really clean. And two people becoming one, it's, it's, it's messy. It's not like, oh, wow, it's just, it was perfect. And, and they said what I thought they'd need to say. And, and it was just easy. That's, that's not what the Bible says marriage is supposed to be. But we get married, and what we do is we date, right? We look, and you're single. You're like, okay, you know, you got to find somebody. you got to start somewhere. So you probably started with looks because you can see somebody without, like, you were attracted to that person, right? I know Becca and I, it definitely started with looks. Um, we were, why are people laughing when I say that? I didn't, that, that wasn't the joke part. But, 
we were, when, when we met, I was rock climbing, and uh, she came into the, the, the gym that we were rock climbing in, and I had just done a, a, a climb to wall, done a little move, and, and she came over, and she said, nice moves. And I knew what she meant, which was nice body, right? I mean, I didn't have my shirt on, and I was like doing my thing up there. Like, I, I knew exactly what she meant. She might say she meant otherwise, but I've got the microphone and she doesn't, so there we go. <laughs> Maybe she'll come up afterwards and try to correct all that. Maybe not. Maybe I'll hit the mute button. But you, you, you got to start somewhere. You, you start somewhere, and how, however it is that you, that you met, and then you got to know them a little bit, and, and that's kind of how it goes, is you get to know, and you think, well, what would this be like? And, and, and maybe you get to know them, and they're like, man, the more I get to know them, the more I like them, the more I just enjoy spending time together. And you do the, we just, we stay up. Maybe you were the ones that like, I fall asleep just listening to each other talk or breathe. Maybe you were one of those, and, and what, whatever it was. But then what happens is, is you get married, and you're like, this is going to be awesome. I don't know, anybody I've done lots and lots and lots of weddings. I've never done a wedding where they're like, this is going to be bad. <laughs> right? And I've given them an out every single time. Every wedding I've ever done, I'm always like, I go to the groom. I'm like, you want to go? Like, you don't have to do this. And secretly, I'm like, it'd be kind of fun if they said yes. Like, you know, to be like, we're out of here and to just leave. I know it's dark. It's a dark secret. I just kind of threw it out there. But it's true. Kind of... But nobody ever does. They're all like, no, I know this. I'm like, are you sure? Like, don't just do this to do this. You, there's still time. And then, and then I go to the bride, and I'm like, do you want to go? Do you, do you need out of here? You don't, you don't have to do that same thing. Nobody's ever taken me up on it. Because they're all like, this is going to be great. A lot of it is the, it's amazing. We got what nobody else, we, no, 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 they may not have had it, but we've got love. Like, this, we, we understand, and we get the chemistry. It's going to be amazing. And then they get married. And somewhere down the line, something happens where somebody makes a mistake or does something wrong or doesn't meet a need that you thought that they would meet, whatever it might be, but they run into some problem. And all of a sudden, it's, wait a second. This is work. This is, this is work. This, is, this isn't easy anymore. And the little thought kind of comes in, which is the, well, did, I, and this is, did I marry the right person? Because what we see and what is so often sold to us when it comes to marriage is it's just going to be absolutely amazing. And you're not, they're going to meet like every need you ever had. This is going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. And in fact, I heard a story about that. Um, Adam, the first man who ever lived, he was in the garden. And, and God came to him and said, Adam, it's not good for you to be alone. And Adam's like, okay. And he's like, so I'm going to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make somebody for you. And he's like, all right. What's it going to be like? And he's like, well, I'm going to make woman, and it's going to be amazing. He's like, she's going to adore you. She's going to love you. She's going to give you back rubs. She's going to be your best friend. She's going to hang out. You guys are going to have a riot together. When you do decide to wear clothes, she'll wash them for you. If you ever get hungry, that was... Not the punchline. When you get hungry, she'll make food for you. He's like, it's going to be amazing. And Adam goes, that sounds awesome. What's that going to cost? And God goes, an arm and a leg. Adam looked down and said, what can I get for a rib? Okay, that's a really bad joke. It's a really bad pastor joke. I know, I know. But 
You get to this point in marriage where you realize that they're not whatever thing that you thought they would be. And every relationship has, un, like that point, every marriage, that point where you're like, they're not perfect. Like you realize they're not perfect. They're not. Like Becca, she's not perfect. She's married to me, but she's not perfect. Okay, I'm definitely not either. Like, okay, let me just be really, really honest about her not perfectness. There's things that drive me nuts that she does. And I'll tell you one of them. Just, 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 just one. Okay, so we have a refrigerator. And you open the refrigerator, and in that refrigerator there's tall shelves and there's short shelves. And I don't know if you know this or not, but the tall shelves are made for tall things. And then the short things go in the short shelves. Becca has never learned that. I have tried. I have pointed it out. But she takes short things and she puts them on the tall shelves. And then I come with a tall item and I'm like, I can't put this where it goes. And then I have to take it. I have to set it down. And I got to take the short things, take them back out, put them in where the short things go. And then I take the tall thing and I put it in where the tall goes. She's not perfect. She's not perfect. And I'm like, I mean, I open the door and I smile. And I'm like, there it is again. Like, that's not where it goes. It goes in the short shelf. Like, what is this? Or adjust the shelves if you need to. Like, they move. They go up and they go down. But we, we come to these moments, and that one's kind of funny. And you probably have some more serious ones where you realize that this isn't the perfect person. There is no perfect person. There's no one that if you would have married, it would all just be roses and something else great. There's, there's not that person. No matter who you marry, it's going to be work. It's going to be work. You're going to have to go through it. There is not a perfect person. You're going to work at it. And here's the other part of that verse, 1 Corinthians seven twenty-eight. We read verse 1 where he says, if you don't want marriage trouble, just don't get married. Because 28 says this, verse 28, but those who marry will face many troubles in this life. Now, isn't that encouraging? Those who marry. You ever go to somebody's house and see that over their mantle? Those who marry will have trouble. Like anybody, anybody ever see that one? You go over, it's on the refrigerator. Come across that on Instagram? I doubt it. I don't, I don't think so. It doesn't really come across your feed very often. Couple holding hands. Those who marry, they just get married and there's captioned underneath. No. No, probably not. Some of you are like, we're going to put it on the mantle and invite him over so we can never say that again. Like, we're just going to do it. Maybe. But it's... It's not because, it's not something we think about all the time, but here's the deal. No matter who it is, there is no person that if you would have married, it would have been oh so much better. Whoever it is would have been work. It's, it, it's, it's going to be work. You've probably heard this saying before, but the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where it's watered. We had just a, a few houses down from me, it was a, a couple who lived there, and this guy just lived in his yard, okay? Like, yard guy for the longest time. That was, that was him, because you'd go by, and he'd have his bucket and his little popper, and he's out there, and then he's got a little spray gun, and he's out there with that, and, and him and the guy four houses the other way were kind of competing for, like, the green grass, right? Like, they, they had the yard thing. They were going for it, and, and he sold his house. And I think it was about three months before that amazing yard looked just like mine. Not so amazing, in case you were wondering. We got tracks of everything in there. We got the five kids they run around. There's bald spots all over. And yeah, that, that, that's it. It's, it's played in. It is. It, they have fun. You're like, what is this? 
Their yard looks like that now. It didn't. It was amazing. But it took like three months. And then it went right back down. Because the grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. It's greener where it's watered. And coming to that decision in, in every one of our marriages, this is what it is because it takes work. Love isn't something that you just fall in and fall out of. I fell in love. We're just not in love anymore. I just don't know, I don't know what happened. I can tell you, you stopped putting energy in. You, you, you stopped. But 1 Corinthians 13, in talking about love, says this. Love is patient. It is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil. It rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. When we talk about what love is, infatuation is a feeling. Love is a choice. You don't fall in and out of love. You choose to love. I choose to love my kids. It, it, it's a choice. I choose to love my wife. Sometimes it's an easy choice. Sometimes it's not. But it's a choice I make. The other couple, couple, night, couple mornings ago, I wake up early and um, just, just get out of bed. I'm like, what am I doing out of bed? It's too early. What's going on? And I hear from upstairs. I hear, Dad! I'm like, what in the world? So I run upstairs and I get up there. It's pitch black. Everything's dark. And I hear noise coming from the bathroom. And I'm like, it's dark. I don't want to flip, up light, flip on lights because some of the doors are open and then the kids wake up and then the day starts earlier than you want it to. So I'm like, I got this. I'll just leave everything dark. And so I go to the bathroom door. And I put one step in the bathroom and I go ploosh in a puddle. I'm like, oh. And I look and, and our four-year-old made it to the bathroom, but the lid was down. And he made it to the bathroom, but the lid was down. And like, now, okay, now it's on the floor, and it's on, it's on the toilet, and it's on all around the toilet, and his pants are soaked. And I'm like, you're four, but you've got a man-sized bladder. Like, it was, it's, just, it's, just, it's just everywhere. And I'm just like, Bleh. oh, my goodness. So I'm cleaning him all up and trying to get him back to bed. And, and I do that, and, and he's crying because he doesn't like the color of the underwear that he's putting on. I'm like, I can't have what? Like, just put it on. I can't even see what color it is, but just whatever. So we get them all dressed, we wrap them all up and put them back down. And, and then I go back upstairs and I have to clean it all up. I never loved him any less that entire time. I didn't enjoy doing what I was doing. Love is a choice. In our marriage relationship, it's the same. Things get a little messy. Things don't get put where they were supposed to or whatever it may be, but love is a choice. And when you see that perfect person, I know it can be, and we talk about making it better, it can be easy to come up with that list of things for them to do, right? I got, I got hey, if I have a list, I can put the refrigerator on my list for Becca, okay? Put the short things on the short shelves, the kids might be slightly guilty of some of it, but I'm just going to blame it all on her, okay? Just for fun. It's more fun to do it that way, so I'll just blame it all on her. I can have my list. You can have your list. And here's the thing. Your list is probably right because you live with them, right? You live with them. You get to see what they do. But when it comes to my list, 
of like the things that I should change, that gets a little bit harder. That gets harder for me. It definitely does. Because it's so much easier to see and to point at her and be like, well, this is what you need to be doing. This is what you did different. This is what you should do. I didn't like the way that you did this. The way that you said that made me feel this way or whatever it may be. But the thing to do is to not start with the other person. Your marriage can be better. That list that you have of the things that your spouse could do to make it better is probably true. But here's what it says in Matthew. It says this, Matthew chapter 7, verse 3. It says, and why worry about the speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your own eye when you can't see past the log in yours? Hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now this one for me, I think I needed extra work specifically on this one. I grew up around some people who took like fault finding, like, like it was their job, like this was a spiritual gift and they were just gonna hone in on finding fault in other people and in, in, in organizations or companies, whatever it was. And let me just say, it's easy to find fault find. It, it really isn't hard at all. But I think I needed this right away. And I remember before we had gotten married, uh, the very short window that we knew each other before we got married, we were talking, and I'm a, I'm, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but I remember what I was feeling. And I'm pretty sure we'd already been talking about marriage. But remember, and again, I have no clue what it was about, but I remember sitting there thinking, I do not want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, uh, I, I, I do not want to do this. It wasn't fun. It wasn't good. Again, I have no idea what it was. And God spoke to me in that moment. And this is what he said. He said, if you treat her the way that she deserves, she'll treat you better than you deserve. I think I needed that so that I would not become this fault-finding, this is what you need to do. And basically what that said to me was, well, it's on me. This is going to be great. It's going to be on me. And the truth is, it wouldn't matter who I married. You know, I love being married to Becca. Ain't nobody else going to put up with me like she does. She's amazing. I love it. I can't imagine my life without her. But it's going to be work, and it is work. I had to get that thing ripped up out of me, the idea of it's going to be somebody else. The Bible says, remove the, the plank from your own eye. Don't look at what your spouse is doing wrong. Again, your list is probably right. But it's like, what can I do to make this better? Because I can't, I can't make her do anything. I can't make her put the short things on the short shelf. I've tried. Like, it doesn't work. I asked, it didn't work. Right? You can't strong arm somebody into something. It doesn't work. I heard a story about an elderly woman, her husband passed away and they were at the funeral. And everyone was just kind of talking about, about grandpa and, and dad and, and you know, everything that he, he was. And one of the grandkids asked grandma, said, Grandma, you had just this great marriage. Why, why was your marriage so great? Tell, tell us what made your marriage so great. And grandma answers and she says, well, when we first got married, I decided to make a list of three things 
that grandpa did that I would just ignore. Three things that I would just let him get away with. Of course, the follow-up question comes with, okay, well, what were the three things? What were they? And she said, well, anytime he did something wrong, I decided that was one of the things on the list. And that spoke to me so much. I heard that years and years and years ago because I didn't want to be that fault finder. Instead of this is what it could be, this is what it is, you're doing this wrong, decide that's the thing I'm going to overlook. I can overlook that and I can work on me. I can, I can do my part to make this better, whatever it might be. I can move the things in the refrigerator. I can put them where they need to go. It is not a big deal at all. Maybe you've got somebody that leaves drawers open and you're like, what, I can't handle it. No, not anymore. It's a cold sleeper. It's a, I don't know what it is. But deciding, I'm gonna, maybe this is the thing I let go. And maybe instead of worrying about what they're doing, I'm gonna work on me. Maybe you've heard this before, but criticism. Anybody heard of constructive criticism before? Anybody? Anybody constructive criticism? No, most of you, no. Pretty much just Jason in the back. The rest of you are like, this is a trick question. I'm going to get in trouble if I raise my hand. I'm leaving it. It's not. But anyways, I heard a definition that I absolutely love for this one. And it was this. It says, constructive criticism is when I tell you what you did wrong. Negative criticism is when you tell me what I did wrong. I just love that one. I really, really do. But I think so often that's the framework that we want to use when we're talking to our spouses about issues. And I'm not saying that you don't ever talk about anything. Please do. You need to confront things. Do not think that you can just bury every little thing that you did and it pops up as some little beautiful love fern. That's not how it works. You decide not to talk about things and you've got a marriage full of landmine where you're like, I can't say this and I can't do this and nothing's right and you look at each other wrong and I know what you're thinking and boom, everything suddenly blows up. No, you definitely talk about things. But it's deciding, I'm gonna work on me. If there's this overwhelming issue of finances that just has to be addressed, then we address it and we address it with love like, hey, we can't afford to do what we're doing or this isn't the plan, that this is, we're off track. I'm not saying that we don't talk about things, but it's deciding you work on you. What is it that I can do? How is it that I can make my marriage better? Because here's what I know. Your marriage can be better. And the biggest The biggest obstacle to a great marriage is a good one. If you're in here and you're like, we didn't talk to each other, we haven't talked to each other in a week. Like, you know, you're like, this is horrible, it's bad, like, we don't talk, nothing, it's not good. You know you need help. And then those that are like, yeah, it could be better. And there's some who are like, it's good. And in that same category of good is I'd also throw in those who are like, we've just kind of fallen into our ruts. Like, this is what we do. I do this. He does that. She does this. We do this. And you just kind of just go through life. You're going through it together. It kind of feels like going through motions. But here's what I know. Your marriage can be better. In all honesty, God looked at Adam in the garden and said, it is not good for man to be alone. Everything else that he had created, he goes, it's good. Everything else is great. He goes, but man should not be alone. He says, he needs 
woman. He brought woman in. And she was naked. We'll throw that in there. Because she was. And he's like, it is good. Woo! Okay. (laughs) Marriage is good. And God designed marriage. He designed it. We need each other. It can be great. It can be an amazing, amazing thing. And the way that we do that is we say, you know what? My part, I'll take care of. You take care of your part. I'll do what I need to do to make this great. And here's where it starts. You say, okay, admit that what you're doing or what you did didn't work. Those parts, you say, okay, I gotta work on me. What do I do? Admit you're wrong. If you're sitting there and you're like, honestly, I can't think of anything I'm doing wrong. It's okay. All right? You probably are perfect. No, you're you're definitely not. But as you leave here, maybe you have a conversation in the car. Or maybe you're like, you know, we're not at that point. And you just wait, you know what? Next time I do, we get we get in an argument or a disagreement. I'm gonna look at me instead of her. I'm gonna look at me instead of him. I say, okay, what what is it that I need to change in this? Maybe you know exactly what it is. And you're like, they would love it if I would stop doing this, or if I would treat them this way. This would, this would be a huge thing, but I just have never done it. Maybe, maybe it's something that you've been trying for a really long time, and it's time for you to, to pray and be like, okay, God, I need your help. Because let me just tell you this. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You can do it. All things through Christ who strengthens you. You can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. I need God in the center of our marriage. I am a dork and a dope. Like, that's, that's just me. Absolutely. Beck and I were arguing, was it yesterday? We were, we, were, we were arguing yesterday because I did something epic and amazing, okay? <laughs> Why is everybody laughing? I did. Okay, so we're playing this game, and I roll, and it's, it's a, the game aggravation, so you have one dice. And in the game, if you roll a six, you get to go again. So, but we have a house rule that if you roll six sixes, like, it's really bad. All right, so everything has, all your guys go back to home. So we're playing this. And I roll six sixes in a row. And I'm like, well, do I get to go again? And she's like, no. I'm like, okay. So she rolls, and it's my turn again. And I roll another six. I'm like, seven sixes in a row? Who does that? That's amazing. And then I roll again. I get another six. I'm like, eight sixes in a row. And I roll again. It stopped at eight. It stopped at eight. But I'm like, eight sixes in a row. I'm like, holy smokes. And Becca's sitting there, and she goes, so? And I'm like, what? This is amazing. I'm like, you need to be more excited for me. She goes, I probably did that. I go, what do you mean you probably did that? She's like, well, I've rolled six sixes before. And we just, she's like, I just don't keep track after that because it doesn't make a difference. And she's like, it's okay. And I'm like, but I did it. Seriously, I rolled eight. I rolled six, eight times. Like, that's just amazing. And she's like, well, really? So then we, see, we get out phones, and I'm like, okay, well, what would the actual probability be? And I couldn't figure it out. She's like, hold on, I'll tell you. She's like, your chances of rolling six, eight times in a row is one in 1,666,666. And I'm like, boom. <laughs> so amazing. So amazing. And she's like, it's really not that amazing. I'm like, yes, it is. This is so cool. And she's like, nobody would think this is cool. So then we start calling people, and I'm like, look what I did. Is this cool? And Jason's like, well, not really. 
And Beck's like, see, I told you it wasn't amazing. I'm like, yes, it is. Like, we gotta call somebody else. And then she's calling Jeremy, and Jeremy's like, I don't know, did you actually get my text that said act like this is great? You didn't? Yes! It makes it even better. I secretly texted him. I'm like, act like this was amazing. And then Molly, my, uh, one of my girls, saw the text, and she's like, did you tell him to act excited? And she was like, so I had to delete the text from my phone. It was a big deal, okay? Then my dad came over. My parents stopped by for a, for a latte, and I'm like, Dad, look what I did. And he's like, that's awesome. I'm like, yes, my people. I'm like, give me five. He's like, that's probably better than like, that's got to be a one in a million. I'm like, 1.66666. He's like, take the point out. But yeah, that's awesome. Okay, I got so excited about it. And we're going back and forth and we're having fun with it. And she's like, but you realize, and she's trying to get me to realize how not amazing it is. And I'm like, but you can't, I'm like, you can't factor cool. And I'm like, do you understand the cool factor of this. And she looks and she goes, well, obviously not. I married you. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's true. It's true. It's, it's true. I am not cool. I am not the fun one to be married to. I'm an absolute dork who dorks out over stupid things like I rolled six, eight times in a row. And I'm still like irked that she didn't get more excited for me. She didn't throw me a party. She didn't know. She didn't have to do that. But whatever it is, there's going to be things, there's going to be situations where you have, but here's what I would tell you. Decide you're going to work on you. I'm not saying that you don't ever talk about anything, but say, you know what? I'm going to do this. Matthew 7 says, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly. Maybe you leave here, you have a conversation on the way home. Hey, what is it something? You know, I've got a list of like 10 things I should probably start working on. Maybe it's time that you say you're sorry and that you admit you're wrong. And the way that you've been treating or talking or talking about your spouse is not okay. And that you say, I'm going to make this better. Because your marriage can be better. Again, God created marriage to be the closest thing to heaven that any of us experience on earth. But it's a pendulum and it swings both ways. Where you can see it and it swings that other way. Where it's the closest thing to hell that you can experience on earth. But I know I believe with all my heart that if you decide you're going to do it God's way, you submit to his word, you say, God, help me. Maybe you've tried before. God, help me. Repent. Say you're sorry. Just do that with me real quick. Everybody here say sorry. sorry. Try again because there's some of you like, I don't do that. Try again. Everybody say sorry. sorry. All right, so you can do it. It can be done. And you just say, maybe that's what you need to say. Say, I'm sorry. Say, I apologize for this. I want your help in this. Help me as we get better together. Because Jesus says, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. And I pray that your marriage would be a reflection of God's love for us and for his church and for this body. That you guys would grow closer to God and to each other. And that every aspect of your relationship would continue to get better and better. But let me just say, you're not waiting on somebody else to make your relationship or your marriage better. It's on you. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray over each and every marriage here today. God, your word is so good. We thank you that it does not return void. God, I ask that your word that today, that it would, that it would pierce through walls, that it would pierce through mindsets, things that we've set up and ideas that we, we, that we have had, that by your spirit, God, that every marriage that here today, that God, that they would leave here knowing that they can make it better, 
that they would, that they would move into all that you have for them. God, if it's things that people have been holding on to and unable to let go of, give them the boldness to let go. Some that need to say that they're sorry. Some that need to say I was wrong and to move into all that you have for them. God, you created marriage to be a wonderful thing. And we thank you, God, for it. God, open our eyes to see soften hearts that need to be softened as we move closer to what you have for us. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.